0: outline that I've given you tonight. I want to share with you a message about intimacy and about drawing near to the Lord through prayer. Uh, The Lord's put on my heart, for some reason, the altar of incense or the golden altar. And uh, I've been in a place of meditating and studying about it. And I just want to share with you what it's about and what it represents. Now, how many of you remember uh, that God commanded Moses to build a tabernacle? tabernacle is a dwelling or a tent that he said that God was going to dwell in. Because God wants to be where his people are. He wants to be in the center of his people. And what he did is he instructed Moses on how to build this tabernacle very specifically. Hebrews 10 talks about it. The book of Exodus talks about it. And he said, I need you to be extremely careful with how you build this tabernacle because it actually is a representation or a model of heaven. Now that's wild, isn't it? So this tabernacle that he's going to build is a direct physical representation of of the throne room of heaven. And so in this physical representation, there is an outer court where there is a brazen altar where the sacrifice of animals was given and burned on that altar. Uh, There is in that outer court area a water basin. They call a water laver where the priests would wash themselves, cleanse themselves before they would then go into that tabernacle. The tabernacle was divided into two sections, one called the holy place. And in that holy place was the showbread. There was a loaf of bread for each of the twelve tribes, and it was called showbread, the table of showbread. The priests would eat of that bread. And then there was the lampstand, the 7 branched lampstand, which really a representation of the Holy Spirit's ministry in heaven. And then in that room as well was the golden uh, altar or the altar of incense it wasn't very big it was 18 inches square at the top and only about 36 inches tall okay and on it were uh, was incense burned day and night and it was right in front of the next intersection called the holy of holies the inner sanctuary uh, where only the high priest could go in once a year it was divided by a huge veil that had the cherubim and the seraphim on on that veil. And uh, so they would pass through that veil into the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was and the mercy seat sat on top of that. Inside the Ark of the Covenant, Moses put the manna, a jar with manna in it, and he put Aaron's staff inside there and the Ten Commandments. And so that was the tabernacle that God told Moses to build. Later... David wanted to build one better than that portable one. He wanted a permanent house on Zion, but God didn't let him. He let his son Solomon build it. So then Solomon built, uh, after that same fashion, the temple that uh, was on Mount Zion. And again, it, it was the represent, representation of heaven on earth, a sanctuary where you could literally have the sense of going to the throne of God's presence. So what's really interesting that I want to bring you to is this altar of incense. It's a small piece of furniture, but it was really important. Now, when they brought the incense and burned it, it was to burn incense day and night. Now, this incense had a particular uh, aroma. It had four equal parts of different spices and I can't pronounce these pre- correctly. Sakti, which was a, a tree sap resin. Uh, Annika, which was made of shellfish from the Red Sea. How about that? And then galbanum, made from plants of the parsley family. Then frankincense. And then last of all, they were to always add salt to that. Salt is a representation of covenant. That I am making covenant with you, I will keep my covenant. So that was supposed to burn. Now, they were supposed to make this special mixture only for the tabernacle and only for the service of offering to God. You couldn't make this concoction and keep it as potpourri in your little tent bathroom or in your living room or side. You couldn't do that. God would cast you out uh, of, from His people. Exodus 30 says this, Take fragrance, spices, and he lists them all in equal amounts. Make a fragrant blend of incense, the work of a perfumer. It is to be salted and pure and sacred. Grind some of it to powder and place it in front of the testimony in the tent of meeting where I will meet with you. It shall be most holy to you. Do not make an, any incense with this formula for yourselves. Consider it holy to the Lord. Whoever makes any like it to enjoy its fragrance will be cut off from its people. No imitations here. We want the real deal, and it can only be used unto the Lord. What's interesting is that God is telling Moses, this is where I'm going to speak to you. So the first reference we see as this altar of incense is a place of communication. Okay? Okay? Quite often through the book of Exodus, you'll see Moses staying in that tabernacle, Moses in that tent of meeting, and Joshua, who was with him in that same place, always coming before this altar of incense because that's where God would speak to him. So it's a representation of communicating to God. God thinks that your communication to him smells good even when you wake up in the morning and you've got really bad breath, you begin to praise God it smells good to him. God said, I want to communicate to you. Isn't it it fascinating that the thing God says to his people is, would you make a tent so that I can be in the center of your activities? I mean, God doesn't dwell in tents, does he? But he wanted them to know he was there. He even put his Shekinah, his cloud of glory there. He wanted them there. And then not only did he say, I want to be in the middle of your camp, I want to be in the middle of your life, there's an inner place, there's a place within, deep within, that I want to communicate to you. It's a place of intimacy, it's a place of meeting, and it has a fragrance. It's a love fragrance, it's a perfume. Why do you wear perfume, ladies? To smell good, right? 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 You've got to be careful with it. I'll just put this out there if you wear too much. Um, that can be a problem. It can actually be a very physical problem, too, for folks who have allergies and so forth. There's so many fragrances and so many things out there. So we've got to be careful with our fragrances. But, same with you, gentlemen. we got fragrance under our arms, fragrance under our aftershave, fragrance in our soap, fragrance in... All right, aside. But God wanted an intimacy that, 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 you see, the fragrance has everything to do with the sweetness of the relationship. He's told Moses, this is where I'm going to talk to you. This is where I'm going to communicate to you. Now, what God wanted was for this incense to never go out. He wanted it burning day and night. And in order for it to burn day and night, what would have to happen? You'd have to care for it. It had to be tended to. This is a holy thing. It can't be slipshod. He assigned people to daily take care of this. And so in the morning sacrifice and in the evening sacrifice, part of the priesthood uh, was to make sure the fire continued to burn the incense. So what would happen at the morning sacrifice is the lots were drawn before the sunrise as to which priests would do what job. They'd prepare the fires and prepare and so forth. But basically, what they would do is they would replace the incense and stoke the fire on the altar of incense at the same time they were offering the morning sacrifice on the brazen altar. And the fire that is to keep this altar of incense burning can only come from the altar of sacrifice. That's where you get the fire to keep the incense burning. And so they had to make sure that the fire on the altar never went out. Can I ask you a question? Do you know who started the fire originally? God did. When the tent of meeting was established and done, the fire of God came down and lit the fire on the altar of sacrifice. That fire was God's fire and the priests were never To let it go out. So they tended to it. It burned all night, it burned all day. And that fire from the sacrifice was brought in by the priests, cleansing themselves. They would go into the altar of incense, they would take the ash out of the altar of incense and put the new fire in that came from the altar of sacrifice, and they'd put fresh incense so it would burn till the evening sacrifice. And then that got repeated, so it would burn till the morning sacrifice, and the fire of God never went out. Do you remember Nadab and Abihu? Now, those are odd names, but those were the two sons of Aaron, the high priest. They were taught how to properly do this. But you remember that they were burned, they were killed immediately. Do you remember why? They offered strange fire. Now we'd go, well, what's what strange fire? Well, they, you know what? They brought a Bic lighter with them. Uh, they brought some matches. They, they didn't follow what was necessary. So what they did is they just lit a fire. Hey, they're doing their job. They just lit a fire so that the incense would keep burning. But what happened? What was wrong? It wasn't God's fire. It was a strange fire. See, God is very specific. There's only one way to salvation. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way. You have to go to the altar of sacrifice before you can offer prayers that will be heard by God. You have to start at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You have to start where the atonement was made for you. And that was at the cross. That was the altar of sacrifice. Christ is the only way. Anything else is a strange fire. We have Buddhists who pray, Muslims who pray, All sorts of people who pray, but it is not heard by God. It is strange fire because it's not from the altar of sacrifice. There is only one sacrifice that cleanses sin, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. There is only one fire that burns the fragrance that God smells and knows as his own, and that is from the fire of Christ's sacrifice. So Nadab and Abai who were immediately killed because you can't offer something else to God. Your good works can't do it. Your other religions can't do it. It has to come always back to the altar of sacrifice, Jesus Christ. And that's where we get the fire. Now, what is the meaning of this altar? Psalm 141, verse 2, David says this, May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. So what David is recognizing, because he loved the presence of God. He loved the tabernacle of God. He wanted to stay in the place of God, because that was heaven. He got it. He understood it. He was a king, but he knew where the true king sat, right, in the presence, and he wanted to be in that place. And what he said is, you know what, God, as he's meditating about it, he says, may my prayers... Be like the incense on that altar of incense. So what's he saying? My, my conversation to you, my, my speaking to you, my relating to you, may it be a sweet fragrance that billows up just like this fragrance and this perfume into your presence. My hands, like the evening sacrifice, burning, waving, like the flames, like the smoke. See me, here I am. This is me loving you. And it smells good to you, God. So he's relating that. It's a relationship. It's in the inner place. God wants you to get, remember what Jesus said about prayer? He said, when you go to your prayer closet. Didn't he say that? All right, now does he expect everybody to have a closet that you have to go into? It's a figurative sense of speech that there's a place you need to get away to be with me. And to stoke that fire and to rekindle that fire, and to keep it burning day and night, night and day, day and night, night and day. Look, at you and I can't do a thing apart from Jesus. If you have spent more than six hours away from by, to communicating to God, you're in trouble. You are in trouble. I'll just say it right. We've got a fire that's burning in us at all times with the Holy Spirit, but we've got to stoke it. We've got to be praying to the Lord. If you've gone two hours without communicating to Him, uh, you're you're headed for trouble. Honestly. And and you don't have to get on a mat. You don't have to get on your knees, but just begin to burn the fragrance of love to God. Invite Him into every decision. Paul says that we have the fragrance of Christ on us. We have that fragrance. That's our aftershave that's our cologne to the world though it smells like death but to us it's a sweet fragrance now let's go on Isaiah said for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations so God is expecting this altar of incense with Israel to be the prayers guess what for the nations that was their original intention God's plan was that Israel would be elevated to being a light on the hill the best nation in on the earth, that all other nations would look to it and ask, what is it about you? And they would point to Jehovah God. So the original intent of God with that altar of incense burning was it was supposed to be burning to save all nations. Israel had forgotten that, but God didn't, did He? Christ came. And what did Jesus say when He was tipping over the money changers in, 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 his, uh, the, in the temple? my father's house shall be what a house of prayer and the rest of that verse whenever jesus would say a verse he meant the whole thing if he would reference a verse uh uh, it didn't stop there it meant the whole passage so when he said my father's house should be a house of prayer finish the verse for all nations he happened to be in the court of the gentiles when he was flipping over the money changers The Gentiles were supposed to be able to go there. So this incense is a prayer for all nations, for all people, that God wants continually burning. I don't think we're praying big enough. Ask of me and I will give you the nations. We go on, Revelation 5.8, And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each of them holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. So in heaven you see worship continually and the prayers of the saints before the Lord continually. So remember, Moses was supposed to make a model of heaven. And the model that represents the pure worship of the people of God that are before the throne 24-7 is that altar of incense. It's your prayer life. It's the prayer life of all the saints. Now, what is amazing to me is the way God made the world. He made it round. Did you know that? Everybody knows this, all right? The world's round. And it spins. This is cool, isn't it? This is genius because he made it round and it spins around the sun. We have day and night, night and day. And we have different time zones. And so, what happens with that is that the prayers of his people never cease, day and night, night and day. Right now, you're here. Seven fifty-five. We'll go to eight thirty. We're praying. You'll be praying at home, right? You'll be going to bed. But guess what? While you're going to bed, someone on the other side of the earth is getting up and beginning to worship, praising God, worship, praising God, and it just goes around twenty-four-seven, continually. And that that fragrance is going before God continually from all nations. And praise is being sung in all nations at all times to the glory of God. And that's what we see as a figure of what's actually happening in heaven. Folks, there is a river that is flowing in the spirit realm around this earth that is the intercession and praise of the people of God. When you pray, you are never alone. Never alone. When you pray, you have got to begin setting your mind up and saying, you know what, I'm getting in that river. It's not just about you. It's not just about your thoughts. But move into that river. Begin to pray. Go a little deeper and recognize that you're entering into a river that is not stopping 24-7. There has been worship and praise going on. And you're joining into it. You're diving into this thing. And for the waking hours that you have, hey, and even the sleeping hours, how many of you find yourself praising God and worshiping and speaking in tongues while you're sleeping. Anybody ever have that happen to you? Right? And Because your spirit doesn't sleep. 24-7, you're entering into a river, you're entering into a fragrance of a burning incense that is burning. Enter into that thing. Sometimes you need to just begin to open your eyes in the spirit and say, what's going on in the river of God tonight? How many of you remember the old telephones that had party lines? About three of you, maybe. Okay. Now I was wee little, real little, but I remember picking up the phone at home and you had to wait till, till Gladys down the street was off the phone. She was always talking to Betty and you had to wait right and finally when they're done see it was called a party line there's a party line going on 24 7 in the heavenlies for the kingdom of god sometimes you plug into that thing i'm telling you and sometimes you'll get a word from the lord to pray for somebody you don't even know who you get a burden for someone because you're on the party line you're in the fragrance and and god is saying pray for someone right now over someplace else and you see your effective prayer is praying to change the climate and the culture of some situation somewhere else because it's all coming before the throne of God as a sweet fragrance it's exciting i want to capture your heart for prayer i want to capture your heart for the activity of what's going on we keep it from we we look at prayer from this vantage point from us Uh, it gets kind of boring, it's kind of tired, it's quiet, my mind wanders. You're not looking at it from the vantage point of heaven. Get into that river. Get into the perfume and the fragrance. So what we know is that the golden bowls that are literally filled, these angels are bringing this incense. The incense is the prayers of the saints. So let's go back to the thing. It's a sweet fragrance, right? It's made up of four spices and salt. So it has variation of different spices. So there's different kinds of prayers. Paul says pray in all kinds of prayers. So there's all kinds of ingredients. There's intercession. There's cries for help. There's supplication. God, I need this. I need that. There's thanksgiving. It's all the spices put together. When you're praying, give praise to God. Give thanks to God. Ask what you need of God. Begin to intercede for others for God. Call out things for God. Add all the spices together. And then call by the salt the covenant promises of God. There's a lot here to offer that is a continual fragrance that's happening at all times. And so we know that that's what the bowls, the angels, are holding. They're literally bringing them before God, the prayers of the saints. Ephesians 5.2 says this, "...walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma." So, let's go back to the tabernacle. So, Jesus offered Himself as a sacrifice. Where were the sacrifices offered? On, remember I did it over here. On the altar, the burnt offering. On the altar of sacrifice. This is where the cross is. This is where Jesus gave His life. He was the sin offering. The atonement offering. The Lamb of God slain for the sins of the world. And that sin offering was a sweet aroma to God. Now, the fire of God's judgment upon Jesus is the fire that now is used for your prayer life. Right? You get it? He's the sweet aroma of the sacrifice for sin. Your prayers are the sweet aroma of the fragrance of praying for the effectiveness of what He did now to be accomplished on the earth because. That fire that was upon him that canceled out your sin debt is the fire that now gives you the ability by the power of the Holy Spirit to pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is that fire that burns your prayers. Are you getting this? So when you pray, it's because of the fire of the aroma of Christ's sacrifice. I have no authority to ask God to do a thing. I have no authority to do this or that, but because of what Christ did for me, that fire gives me the aroma to call down the will of heaven and the purposes of God. Amen? Our prayers and His intercession is before God as a sweet-smelling sacrifice. Now, there's something really interesting about this altar of incense. I want you to look on your outline here. The altar of incense is in the holy place, not the holy of holies. But the priests and the Jews actually considered it as part of the holy of holies. Though it was located on the other side. Because the incense is ever to be before God and to be before His throne. But because it needs to be maintained, it had to be brought into The holy place. Though it actually belonged in the Holy of holies. Does that make sense? Do you understand? All right. So its placement, it is so important. Its placement is to be before the Lord. But because he needed human effort to keep it stoked, they had to pull it out and put it in front of that veil so that the priests could keep it stoked. What does that say about our prayer life in the earth? This is the thing that keeps us connected to heaven, the throne of God. We are connected to the throne of God. Their veil was what? Ripped in two. The veil was ripped through Jesus Christ. And the thing that God needs is a people, a priesthood, who will keep his will burning in the earth. He needs it in the physical realm so that we will keep His will and His purposes burning in the earth as an altar of sacrifice. In fact, let me prove it to you. Look at Hebrews chapter 9, starting at verse 2. Now, even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness. For a tent was prepared, the first section in which were the lampstand and the table bread of the presence. It's called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a second section called the Most Holy Place, having the golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was golden urn holding the manna, Aaron's staff, and the tablets of the covenant. Was the writer of Hebrews wrong? Why did he put the altar of incense right in with the Ark of the Covenant? Behind the veil. Some say, well, he's just talking about the censer that held the incense. That went in nice. He calls it the altar of incense. But why does he call it next to the ark? And I believe that this is really the reasoning why. Because its positioning is supposed to be before the throne of God, but because it needed man's maintenance, it was brought out so that it could daily be offered to God. You need to maintain a prayer life. We need to maintain the altar of fragrance to God. First of all, for your sake. Second of all, for this world's sake. God designed it this way. He brought the holy purposes of God to the earth realm that you and I would stoke this fire regularly. Can I say that our nation is in the condition it's in because we've, we've not been maintaining the altar of prayer altar of incense we we have all sorts of studies in the word we have all sorts of amazing speakers we have so much intellect and knowledge about the word of god we have so many uh, uh, worship bands and worship ministries and all sorts of amazing things but the one thing that connects heaven to earth is the altar of incense is our prayer life our prayer life stoked day and night It's a sweet fragrance. Turn the page over. Let's go on. I want to show you something in Revelation 8. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and the seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne again see the placement this altars before the throne why would let me stop there for a second let me just ask you a question why would the altar of incense be right before the throne sweet fragrance god's smelling it but remember what did what did the bible tell us that that fragrance was prayers of the saints why would the prayers of the saints be in front of the throne of god Amen. Shows the importance. If there's anything that's right before the throne of God, now think about it. The throne of God is the authority, the will, and the purpose of God, but everything issues from the throne of God. Who sits in the center of the throne? Jesus. Jesus. We see this in the Revelation as well. At the center of the throne is Christ. All right, but the throne is the authority, the will, and the purpose for eternity past, eternity future, for all that's going on. Everything issue forth from the throne. And what is before the throne, day and night, coming before God. Yeah. The praise and the prayers of the saints. How important is it then? How many of you realize that tonight while you were praying, you had the ear of God? Your prayers literally were before his face. So we think that, you know, some angel brings up a, I've got a note from you, huh? Bob said a prayer. You want to read it? Not now, I'm kind of busy. Really, we don't catch the gravity of this. There could be anything in front of the throne of God. There's angels round about. There's seraphim up above. They're everywhere. But the thing stationed right in front of God is your prayer. Wow. The prayers of the saints. We have got to get a hold of this thing. It's got to change. The culture's got to change. Uh, I've got to speak to you men. You, got to, you guys got to get excited about prayer. Men are turned off about prayer. Prayer's not very exciting for men. Men want to do things. They want to build things. I'll do this for you. That's great. But you've got to get hold of the majesty and the power of standing before Almighty God and making a petition for your house. Making a petition for your life. Be a man. Do warfare. So I want to excite you about this. This this burning altar is right before God. Mm, Something smells good. Oh, good. Good. John's praying again. Know what I'm saying? It's starting to burn up. I wonder, I wonder. I'm, I'm going to go by a stretch here. This is not scriptural, but I want to tell you something. I, I bet that when Korea starts praying, that flame goes. Why do I say that? Because the Koreans are known for their prayer lives. They've altered, they changed their whole nation is about ninety percent Christian now I mean they literally what they call uh, when you go overseas i 've been to uh, i 've been to churches that the Koreans built in Israel and in uh, Pakistan and when they what they have over the altar is in the ceiling they have a uh, you know another level like where there 's the ceiling they have it uh, dug out a little deeper and they paint it blue in the Korean churches because a according to their tradition in their land, they punched a hole in the sky. That's their mindset. So, so can you imagine? See, they pray. That's their favorite thing to do. So I could imagine when, when, when the Koreans are praying, that thing all of a sudden is like, woo! the fire's going and the aroma's going. Right? And that's something that comes around to another nation. Comes across Europe. Europe is almost completely atheist now. At one time, with the revivals in Europe and the Wesleyans and so forth, I bet that fire was stoked. John Wesley's on his knees again. woo Right? Wales is burning. Woo! Revival! Now. There's a few people praying. What happens when it passes through America? What happens when it comes past Roseville? How about on this corner of the block now of course it doesn't do that individually because it's 24 7 and it's all of us combined but i'm just using it as an example could it be it's not too late for us to begin burning a fragrance for god amen all right let me continue with this i'm sorry i got sidetracked then i saw the seven angels who stand before god seven trumpets were given to them And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with all the prayers of the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth, and there were peals of thunders, rumblings, flashing of lightning, and an earthquake. What we see happening here is the Bible tells us that that incense is the prayers of the saints. And so an angel comes with big bowls. Remember in Revelation 5.8 it said the bowls were filled. God is hearing all our prayers. You know what I love about this is they're eternal. Prayers don't die. When you prayed a prayer when you were five for something, if it's not answered, and if it's not, it still has the same weight of glory in the presence of an eternal life. It doesn't diminish, it doesn't go away, God holds it. You might say, oh, I could have used it answered about like 20 years ago. But God will answer every prayer. I am convinced that every prayer is answered by God according to his will and purpose. Every prayer. Now, you may have to wait 70 years for a prayer to be answered, but that's all right. In the eternal realm, that's a blink of an eye, that's nothing. But you have to trust God, and I believe that's what's going on here. The angels said, all right, we got a big, we got all the prayers. I think he's bringing all the prayers of centuries before the altar of God. He puts it on that fire, and whoosh, it says he loaded it up, he loaded it up, and the fragrance is going before God, because this is the end. The angels are now getting ready for the trumpets, and you know what happens at the seventh trumpet? Well, they're just getting unsealed now, and they're just handing out the instruments. Boys, get the trumpets. We're in trouble now. We got something really going down on earth. This is the end. Lights out pretty soon. Get the trumpets, boys. Get the horns. And so they get the seven trumpets, and God says, now bring me the prayers. Bring me the prayers. Because if you'll remember in Revelation 5, the saints cry out, oh, God, how long? How long? Will you let this go on? Those who were beheaded in the tribulation, those who were under the altar, how long will you let this go? And I think he's bringing the prayers. Come on, bring in the prayers. And he's bringing them in. Get those trumpets ready. And he begins to pour out those prayers. And that altar of incense begins to smoke and burn. And I believe the prayers of the centuries are burning. Now it says the angel takes the censer. That's the thing that you put the coals in to make it mobile. And he, he gets the fire off the altar. The incense, the prayers are still burning. But he gets the fire. He puts it in his censer. And he gets back and he goes like this. Whew and that thing goes down to earth, and kaboom! What's going on? Could it be that God is answering every prayer that was uttered? God is beginning to make every prayer, and all justice come to completion. All injustice, all judgment is coming, and every prayer you prayed, and every injustice that was ever made, and every tear you cried and everything that was going on, he's beginning to bust it loose. Jesus said what was said in secret will be shouted from the rooftop. Everything covered will now be uncovered. I think that's what's going on here. And they blow the first trumpet and you know again, like I said, what happens down through the seventh trumpet, this is it. Now Isaiah had an experience like this. In Isaiah chapter 6, let me read it to you. It's the same altar of incense. God had to do something with Isaiah. So in Isaiah chapter 6, you can read it yourself. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne High and lifted up in the train of his robe, it filled the temple. And above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two covering their face, two covered their feet, and two have made them fly. And they called one to another, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, I am undone, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of glory. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having his hand a burning coal that he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. It's the altar of incense. He's a prophet. He's a man who speaks on the purpose of heaven. He speaks the will of heaven. He's speaking the true incense that God had established. He's all upset because his good king Uzziah died. What's Israel going to do? God pulls the veil open. God opens the windows of heaven. Do you know what windows are for? Seeing. (laughs) Right? You see. When God says, I'm opening the windows of heaven, what we've done is we say, well, that means then he's pouring good things down on us. What I believe is a revelation. We open the window of heaven. Now I'm going to show you things. Open the window. Why? I want to see. So he's opening the window of heaven. Isaiah sees God. He's going, oh, oh my gosh. It says heaven is shaking at the voice of God. The seraphim, these mighty creatures, they got six wings. So holy of a place before the throne of God. Two to cover their face because God is glorious. Two to cover their feet because God is glorious. And two just to fly because God's cool. Just give them a couple other pair just so they can just fly. But all of a sudden, you see this big creature. Can you imagine this? You're standing there, and this creature's going. And he takes off the, he takes with tongs, because the fire of prayer is so fierce. He takes it off the altar of incense, and then he puts it in his hand. And he comes over to Isaiah, and he says, Puck her up, buddy. He goes, right on his lips he had to clean him. it's a foreshadowing of us that because of the altar and the fragrance of christ's sacrifice you and i have been cleansed so we can offer up now the prophetic power and praise of an isaiah of a prophet of God. You are a prophet of God. You're a priest of God. You're a king of God now. Because of what Jesus did, this altar of incense has cleansed you. You now have a sweet fragrance. Every prayer you utter is sweet unto God. It's holy. It's righteous. We should probably stop complaining so much and start proclaiming. There's a difference between complaining and proclaiming. Amen? You've been cleansed. You have access to the fragrance of God to be speaking it and declaring it to Him day and night, night and day. It's the fragrance of His fire. I close with this. The morning sacrifice. That's the time the priests came. And they had to make sure that there was still a fire on the altar of incense and it was burning properly. And they put the new incense on so in the morning their prayers were being sweet and heard. And it said, this is tradition, there's nothing in scripture that says this, but the tradition says that the morning sacrifice the priest would use his left hand and offer the incense And the left hand is the sweet embrace of God. It is His loving kindness. It's His goodness. And in the evening sacrifice, He would offer the fragrance by His right hand. The right hand is the hand of deliverance, salvation, and power. And so in our lives, offering sacrifices to God, when you wake up, begin to know that God is good. Celebrate Him. Song of Solomon says this, His left hand is under my head and His right hand embraces me. It's the hand that undergirds. It's the hand that upholds you. It's the quiet hand of God that has set the order of your day. When you get up in the morning, begin with a fragrance to God. The morning sacrifice is your praise to the Lord. If you need coffee, you need this more. Right? You need a shower to wake up. You need to praise first. Praise in the shower. And praise for the coffee. But make it work. The evening sacrifice. You come home and you're done. You're tired for the day. But think of God's saving hand that led you throughout the whole time that day. He delivered you. You don't even know the half of what He delivered you from. So we thank God for His undergirding in the morning and at night. We thank Him for all His provisions and by His right hand we made it through and that's going to keep me praising Him till the morning. And this altar of incense was only a model to show you the reality of what your life is now. All of this was written for you New Testament saints. Because look at folks, we're at the end of the book. This church is the end of the book. After the church age... It's over. So all of this Old Testament stuff was written for us. And that picture of an altar of incense was written for your prayer life. Stoke the fire morning and night. Let's get in to the river of God and begin to understand what is burning in our over our heads and in the realm of the eternal spirit. God wants you to pray something into existence tonight. He really does. He really wants you to pray something into existence. So begin to do that. Stoke the fire and bring a sweet fragrance. Amen? Amen. Father God, we ask you to help us. As we do this tonight, Lord, help us to stoke that fire.